Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 32 for Monday, March 25th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my friend Johnny, but you may know him better as Pixel Riffs Above the Nether. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello, and coming for, to you from Above the Nether live, it's very... Very flat up here, as as usual. But uh, we are we are not alone here, and we are joined by this is probably one of the meatiest shows we're going to have because we are joined <laughs> by the wonderful mythical sausage, who you may know from his YouTube channel, the Mythical Sausage, where he has about twenty eight thousand subscribers at the last count. Uh, you may know him from various other places around the internet, including, in fact, the Spawn Chunks Discord. Mythical has been a patron for a little while, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And I am very so, meaty. Uh, <laughs> yes, so I've heard. Uh, right, let's uh, let's do our quick login. And uh, since we've got a guest on this week's show, it's probably a good idea to start with you. So, Mythical Sausage, what have you been up to in your Minecraft world this week? Oh man, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Um, I recently started an SMP uh, about a week ago. Uh, it's a live stream only SMP. It's on YouTube. It, it's it's awesome. Well, I think I don't think I've ever seen. A group of builders combined uh it's almost like voltron it's amazing we got all these people together we have this huge minecraft uh giant organic just walking through the streets uh it's it's super awesome uh and we have uh i think Arcalis is starting in april uh we got family craft dad f whip uh gemini tay pearlescent moon solidarity gaming and system z uh so it's, it's, a, it's an awesome group it's a super super group from what it sounds like yeah i'm surprised they called me up. i was like oh man thank you uh, okay are you sure <laughs> are you are you are you positive <laughs> but no it's, it's you awesome get, you get around as far as smps go as well because of course we play together on the decidedly vanilla server you play with joel on the realm of vaston like you've you've got you've got irons in many fires it seems like yes i love spreading the sausage love to multiple servers uh and i, I still to this day you know uh even though you you're, you're a cold-blooded murderer and you killed Ulif. <laughs> I still to this day, I, I there's a little bit of a grudge I have with you, but at, at the end of the day, it's okay because you did give me that slime head. So I, I think yeah, I was, I was gonna say, hey man, I got you that slime head. I feel like <laughs> I, the debt has been paid at this stage. And you have you have the bridge. You have you have the Hulk Ulif now, the zombie villager Ulif yeah. taking care of that shop. He's fine. He's fine. I haven't seen him in a while, but I'll visit him one day. We'll be back. <laughs> but no, a really cool, a really cool SMP. I've been having a lot of fun. It's live stream only, so we don't have to worry about recording or editing. It's just, just go with the flow, build, talk with the chat, have fun. Uh, so it's, I've been doing that. It's a lot of fun, and also my single player world. Um, getting close to episode seventy five, so that's like world tour time. I do it every twenty fifth episode, and I'm doing a uh, a swampy village. Uh, so we're doing like a little witch's kingdom. So I've been doing a lot of that, uh, and I know we're swamp bros. Uh, we're both in the swamps. We're we're ne <laughs> neck deep in it right now. So uh, I know you know what that is like. Certainly are, yeah. No, on on my latest live stream, I was working on a little bit of swamp terraforming and building some stuff out there. My swamp seems to have gotten a little bit more Japanese, Chinese, classical architecture kind of inspired. So I've been building this gatehouse that's got like an ornate bridge going across the top. And it's it's meant to look run down, but every turn I make with the swamp starts to make it look classier and classier. So I'm a little bit worried that this the swamp is going to like outpace the rest of the city that I'm building. And it's supposed to be like the old rundown, old town kind of district. And instead, it's going to look uh, it's going to look a bit a little bit too classy. But uh, yeah, in, in the, the other news from my world is that I died and lost everything in spectacular fashion and that was actually the the subject of a minecraft survival guide episode this week because uh on a live stream i was out in a thunderstorm getting uh mob heads with charged creepers and i made the mistake of accidentally attacking a creeper with a trident in self-defense it snuck up on me and i was holding down right click as though to block with my shield but of course the right click button was 
charging to throw the trident instead. And so I let go of it straight into the creeper. Creeper blows up in my face and then the lightning bolt destroys everything I had in my inventory. So I <laughs> I think that was that was the first time I've actually died and like nothing there was nothing I could do about it and I I've died before and been able to recover my stuff but I I respawned probably 20 blocks away went back there there was just nothing there was a single uh, a single poppy <laughs> as well so it felt like somebody <laughs> the, the creeper had just like thrown a flower on the grave as a, a kind of I don't know. It was, it was it was a traumatic experience, and I did that live on stream as well. So I was like, "Well, we're canceling the plans for the rest of the stream. I've got to get all my stuff back and and you know re-enchant some things." But uh, yeah, the the lesson from that is never supercharge a creeper in self-defense. It does not go well. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was that, like that. That really is unique. Like I've not heard, not heard, I've heard of you know people dying from a creeper blowing up. I've heard of you know people dying in lava all the time, but like dying from a creeper but then having the lightning bolt strike immediately after like that's just it's right out of like mythology right it's like zeus has chosen that you shall not go any farther basically i annoyed thor yes that seems to have been what (laughs) happened and uh, i've seen it happen once before on a tango and zf live stream but i think one of them uh used the trident and supercharged the creeper that then blew up the other one and then I think all of, I think it was like Tango did that and then ZF's items were gone. But I thought that was just some kind of fluke. I thought something else had happened there. Maybe he'd he'd run away too quickly and like all of the items had been hanging around for five minutes and despawned. But yeah, like the, no items pop out. The lightning bolt just obliterates them all. So it was, it was wow. crazy. But I'm glad it happened in a way because A, now I know. And B, it was pretty funny <laughs> in, in, yeah. re- in retrospect because <laughs> yeah. I've got a decent amount of backup gear. I have tons of diamonds. All my gear had mending, so I haven't used diamonds on anything for a while. So it was right. fine to just make a ton of boots and cycle through the enchantment table until I got Depth Strider and all of the stuff that I like. But uh, yeah, I'm just about geared up now. I, I lost the three mob heads that I gathered at that point, and I lost my channeling trident. So next trident, I'm, I'm going to put Riptide on it. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going with Riptide this time. Uh, the other thing I've done this week is also I've set up my first ever chicken cooker, which seems like a weird thing to you know, not have done at this point in my Minecraft career. But I've always eaten other foods. And I thought it was going to be a good thing for the series, even though it's, you know, 104 episodes in at this stage. I thought I may as well teach people how to make a chicken cooker in case they want to start out their world with that. And I managed to design one that has a nice little coop around it. So that's now at the back of my farmhouse looking looking pretty. Nice. I love nice. a good chicken coop. That's that's awesome. But uh, 104 episodes and no chicken cooker? What happened, bitch? <laughs> I, I started a cow farm day two. That's what happened. I've been eating steak for days. And more recently, at least, I've been eating cooked fish because I have a guardian farm that drops them through lava first. And I always get cooked fish from that. So I've just got stacks mm. and stacks of that. I figure I may as well eat it. And uh, yeah, so for whatever reason, yeah, I, n- I never really went with chicken. I feel like the- there are there are better foods that you can get around the same time that kind of make up for it. And I think that the hierarchy of foods in Minecraft is a subject I want to touch on, but I don't think we're going to cover that today. But at some point, we will have the uh, the food talk. We we know Joel is mm. a food driven human, so uh, yes, I feel like absolutely. that's, that's going to be a- absolutely. Well, you're talking about fish, and I want fish and chips for dinner tonight, right? I mean, how, mm-hmm. how is fish and chips not a thing that you can do in Minecraft? You can do fish, and you can do potatoes, but you can't do French fries. Like I want. Fish and chips. It makes no uh, sense. And... <laughs> uh, before I, before I get into what I was doing, uh, I do have a question for Sausage. I know that you've been streaming with the um, is it the Artisan SMP? Is that the name of it? Yeah, and you've been streaming on YouTube. Now is Whip 
streaming on Twitch? Are you guys splitting it up, or is everybody only streaming on YouTube? It, it's funny. Uh, Flip is the only rogue here uh, that stayed on Twitch for it. But no, yeah, he. Um, we're all doing it on YouTube. I, I do believe Flip's still still um, uh, still on Twitch doing it. But whenever we raid, uh, we we cross the streams. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. See, and I think that it's one of those things that I find really interesting because, like, I, I'm embedded in Twitch. That's kind of where I started. It's, it's kind of where I've built the community and I've learned how to use it. And I never thought about trying to do anything on YouTube. Um, I do find, I think we've talked about it on the show before, that the, the comment section, I mean, obviously, you're going to get the viewers that you deserve. So, I mean, when you do, you know, fun uh, family-friendly content like you do, you're going to get some quality people in the chat. But I find that when I tune into some of the more popular streamers when they are on YouTube, the chat is just, it's really unreadable uh, compared to what I've experienced on Twitch. I'm just curious as to like, what was the decision that you guys made collectively to stream on YouTube based on? Was it just because that's where your audience is or? Yeah, well, uh, and uh, yeah, I've noticed like I've seen like a mumbo stream. There's there's no there's no point in even looking at chat at that point mm. <laughs> or grand. It's just insane. Uh, but no, the, 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 the people there have been really, really, really welcoming. They've, a lot of the people, it's really weird though. A lot of the YouTube audience, um, not a, a not a whole lot go to Twitch. They they like staying put <laughs> in their YouTube mm. pages. Uh, so it com- comparatively to like the people that I get on 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 Twitch, I get maybe uh, average stream, maybe like 30, 35, 40 people uh, jump straight on YouTube. I was uh, getting like one hundred and fifty concurrent at one point. I was mm. like, I can't handle this chat. It's almost too much. I'm going back to Twitch. Uh, but uh, no, I think uh, we just uh, almost like. The only reason I did it, uh, really, is because everyone else was doing it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to follow the crowd here. Uh, no, but uh, I, I just wanted to give it a shot. Give it like a, a one YouTube exclusive live stream. I'm still doing Twitch for like the my single player world. I still do it for like Patreon server uh, tours. But I wanted to keep like one uh, for the, all the people who kind of like stuck by and like waited. Maybe one day he'll stream again on YouTube. Uh, so mm. yeah, I just did it for that. And But it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, the people there have been really, really nice. Um, I haven't had any problem. It's just, um, I don't know. I guess just the, the community itself has always been like really sweet people <laughs> in my side for some reason. I haven't had uh, anyone really um, get out of line or anything. We, we have your random person just comes in, just finds a, a stream like like it could happen anywhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't stay long, right? And usually, and usually, yeah, the, the community usually takes care of them on their own. Like you never have to address it. They either just ignore them or someone says, hey, this isn't the spot for that. And you never even see it. But yeah, I know what you mean. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that the community is is reflective of the the content that you're that you're producing i just i ask only because i know i know next to nothing about twitch streaming and i know even less about, about youtube streaming i'm still very much green a little bit too so you gotta uh now recently um i don't know something to do with um leaving your your streams as as um as videos public after like a stream happens it's some there's something to do with analytics and something to do with the watch time and uh i've heard the best thing to do once you're done with the stream leave it unlisted if you do, if you are going to try youtube streaming leave it unlisted don't make it public you can leave the uh the playlist listed so people could find the stream later on but don't have it public because it affects uh since if, let's say you do a two hour three hour stream uh, and and it's out there and and nobody watches it or they click on it and they, they click off like they're more than likely to stay longer on a stream than on a, on a like a like a, a re-upload. Oh, like 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 a like a VOD. Like a VOD, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what I heard to do is leave it <laughs> leave it uh, unlisted. Uh, don't pu- don't publicize it. Just leave it there and have people just uh, be aware that there's a playlist. Yeah, I wonder if that's why people tend to put uh, their vods on a second channel. That's what I do. That's 
that's absolutely why I did it because yeah, having having mm. a second channel means that for a start, I'm not clogging up my existing channel with three hours worth of content that people might not want to watch. And then I can keep my channel just like regimented with curated, edited content every day. I feel like it it makes a little bit more sense to keep those things separate. So even though I upload my VODs to YouTube because Twitch deletes them after 14 days, like all of the live content goes to a separate place. Mm, yeah, I do, I do kind of a mix of the two. I end up recording my videos on Twitch so that my, my edited YouTube videos are actually just chopped up versions of my Twitch streams. So the stream does eventually get there. But for that very reason, uh, that's why I started doing it is because I would have like a couple of Let's Play videos that I recorded on my own and they would be, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then you'd have a stream where I was doing content that I thought was good and worth sharing, but it was like two and a half hours and it would kind of be in the middle of my uh of my playlist and there are still some way back early on that are like you know episode 10 or 8 or something like that that happened to be a live stream and it's like well i don't have the footage anymore so i'm not going to chop that one up mm -hmm. um but um but to go through uh, and move forward i decided like well i'm just i'm going to chop these up so that they're not just big two-hour dumps uh i can actually go ahead and and create a small episode out of it it's a little bit of a harder exit sometimes depending on where i decide to end the youtube video but i think that um in general, it is allows me to create more content more often by just recording once in the weekend. I can then get you know usually three or four episodes that I can then post somewhere between Monday and Friday on YouTube, which is which is good. Uh, speaking of, actually, that's what I was up to this weekend. I did some some streaming on the Citadel server yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I have been taking tips and tricks from the realm of Vastin and some talented builders like our friend Sausage here. And I don't know how you guys put builds up so fast that looks so detailed and so robust because uh, i struggled for hours on this bridge uh i shouldn't say that i yeah i i well i shouldn't say that i struggled for the, i struggled for the last hour on the roof of the towers uh the towers themselves and the bridge i i know i just did a bridge not too re not too long ago but this is different this is just a straight up footbridge but what i wanted to do is build bulkier. This is something that I'm seeing a lot more in the realm of Vastin that I wanted to bring over to the Citadel. And so I started off with the pillars of this bridge and the bridge itself being like seven blocks wide, even long wider with the the, the walls of it. Plus it's now uh, got like uh, seven wide uh, towers uh, for them, two on each end. So it feels way more substantial. Uh, I, I'm feeling that the roof is still a lot taller than I want it to be. Like I'm trying to do these cone-shaped, you know, uh, tower roofs and I'm getting my butt kicked by them. I know that I've watched Janzy do one or two on a video and I need to go back and review it to kind of figure out what he did. But um, so far, uh, I'm happy with the way that the bridge looks. It looks really solid. And something that I I didn't anticipate was because I made the bridge look so much thicker, it removes the need to have any kind of central support. So you could span a much larger river without having to have some sort of pillar go down into the river, which I thought was was really cool. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, lesson learned. I think I might try to build a little thicker, a little bit more robust kind of in the future. But I was wondering when you guys do roofs and things like that for towers or for castles or for something that's a little bit larger, is there any kind of technique or minimum scale that you tend to go to just out of curiosity it really depends on the 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 size of the build first like it, it, I, I did recently i finished off my castle right before i went to my witch's side and i have purposely on every every roof of every tower bit it's different so uh, i would just vary it so everything nice. has a different style to it so 
it, it, I kind of like that because you have a, a lot of variation, but it really depends on on the on the size of the tower uh, and what where you're really going for. So I, if you're going for like a like a wizard tower, you really want that high peak, you know, that really exaggerated right. peak, a uh, little overhangs. And varying your your slabs and stairs to make almost like a cone. Uh, maybe it's like a small like defensible tower. So I made like a little barracks once. Um, uh, a very small uh, stubby tower might might be pretty good uh, for for that. It really depends really on the size. Yeah, I, it's more of a defensible kind of like a gated bridge, but not meant to be too military. It's meant to just kind of like I didn't want to do castles with battlements. Like I didn't want to have like the little you know jaggy parts at the top. I wanted to have like a, a wooden roof on it. Uh, and so I, I'm thinking more of a cone shape and I, I think, I don't know if I've gone too pointy or what I'm, I, I've, I've got room. I've got three other towers to do and I can probably try different types of, of roofs. Um, one decision I know that I've made is I want to make one of the towers larger than the others and attach like a gatehouse to that. So that you, someone that you, someone might live in there and, and, and manage the bridge. So I'm trying to get a little bit deeper into lore and the idea of what's happening with like, you know, realm of vast and the, this, the, the feeling that I get from that server, that's kind of what I'm trying to bring over. So, but I'm quite happy with the, the thickness of the bill. It was a cool, cool lesson. And I had a really fun time with the chat. I had a couple of people suggest some ideas that ended up working out quite nicely. So. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's it for me as far as what's going on in Minecraft. Um, but as far as the rest of us, there's been a few um, breaking news points this week, uh, and we can go over those now. Uh, Minecraft 1.10 released for Bedrock, and that adds shields, crossbows, wandering traders, loom and lectern, and jelly the cat. Pillagers are added, but only available in creative mode, and lots of other stuff added, but still behind the experimental gameplay toggle. Uh, I know we also had some other stuff happening in the Java snapshot. I know, Johnny, you were probably more on beat with this than I was. So what's going on in the Java snapshot? So we had 19w12a slash b. The A snapshot tweaked iron golem spawning is what the changelog says. And boy, was it a little bit tweaked. There has been a few adjustments to that over the week, but I'll give you a brief overview. So villagers now check that they've slept in a bed and worked within the last day cycle before they check if they need an iron golem. So for example, now if you're skipping the night, as soon as the villagers get in bed, there's a chance that some of them won't get into bed. Therefore, they could potentially skip the process of needing to make an iron golem because they need sleep and work much the same as they do with trades. Uh, That reduced the iron golem spawn rate and the necessary gossip value changed Uh, And that was now been rolled back to something a little bit lower so that they spawn a little bit more in the B snapshot. Uh, The community is still testing stuff and apparently Mojang themselves are still testing the actual iron farms that folks like DocM and the the Psycraft guys are designing. And that's very encouraging. From what I understand, Mojang is actually looking at iron farms as something that they want to be doing. You know, there's, there's, there's actual devs reproducing the same iron farms and thinking, okay, how can we make this work? Uh, so they're actively looking for feedback about the current mechanics, which you can leave through the usual things, the usual channels. Um, make sure it's constructive feedback, though, is my only you know, addendum to this, uh, constructive feedback about how the new mechanics can be improved, not just, I don't like this, change it back to the old mechanic. That's not a productive way of giving feedback for this kind of issue. Um, the one other weird thing is that villagers who are recently attacked by zombies have a higher chance of spawning an iron golem, which makes perfect sense in the context of a village, because if a village has one iron golem, when it generates but then potentially needs another iron golem to help defend some of the villagers great 
as for iron farms, that effectively leads to uh, either not very practical designs or designs where you effectively, you're torturing villagers. You know, you, you let a zombie loose every now and again to increase the iron golem spawn rates, but it hurts the villagers. Potentially some of them die. That messes up the amount of villagers you have in the cells. It all gets a little bit confusing and not particularly practical. So that mechanic, while it does increase iron golem farms, doesn't seem sustainable for, you know, long-term iron farming. So people are still trying to suggest ways that that can be improved. Uh, aside from that, baby villagers now play in villages, so they actually have little behaviors before they go to work, I guess. Uh, there have some been, been some small back-end improvements to villager AI and trading. Uh, cut sandstone and cut red sandstone is now available, including slab forms. So I guess that's now available in survival. You can smelt uh, stone to get smooth stone. You can probably smelt sandstone to get cut sandstone, even though it's not smooth sandstone, which is a little bit weird. The names of sandstone just end up confusing me at this point. Um, and aside from that, they have rewritten the sound system. So I guess this has reduced some stuttering, according to the changelog, when playing sound. So maybe if there's like a ton of cows in an area instead of the cows all sort of the sound effects interrupting each other maybe they kind of moo over each other a little bit more i don't know if i like that or not but then i haven't really seen exactly <laughs> what the the effect is so it's either going to be a cacophony of sound or maybe just like some conservation of sound so it's not like every noise is cutting off another noise i know i've noticed that recently when flying over an area where i've either got a lot of villagers or a lot of cows the sound of my elytra completely disappears because all of the uh, like sound effect buffer room is taken up by whatever animals are making noise underneath it, uh, underneath me, and, mm. the, and the elytra sound doesn't kick in again until I start flying somewhere else. So maybe the sound system is going to improve occasional issues I've, like that. I've had that happen too, and it's not until you mentioning flying over livestock that I'm realizing, oh my gosh, that's exactly yep. where it happens yep. every time. I didn't happens, realize it was the other animals. It happens yeah. to me over my barn and over my trading hall where I've got a ton of villagers all muttering to each other basically uh yeah no that makes a lot of sense i i'm all down for you know some sound revamps i've certainly had some issues here and there where you know it kind of breaks the immersion when something kind of half plays you know like instead of a cow moving it just kind of goes Moo. You're like, what, <laughs> yeah. what, what happened there yeah. you know can a cow get your tongue you're, like how, you're, how you're, that go? you expect to go in there and see somebody disguised as a cow trying to blend in and just making whatever <laughs> noises come to mind yeah, really though. Yeah, also, the the nitwit can just mimic sounds and just go crazy. <laughs> it's like, I feel like them and parrots just hanging out would be great. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I've heard uh, some custom sound packs for villagers where someone has recorded them making silly noises and then oh, replaced the villager noises. Yeah, yeah. I think one of I'm not sure if it's wow more annoying or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has yeah. the uh, the Owen Wilson wow soundtrack going over every time a villager talks. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty good. That should be a thing. You know, if it's chosen at random and it's not the same like clip over and over again, that would be that would be pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'm sure that could be done with like a data pack or something. Definitely. Um I Sausage, do you I know you're more of a builder than you are really a technical player, although correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but what are your thoughts on on the new stuff coming with uh, this latest snapshot? Uh, well, as far as the, um, yeah, anything of, uh, uh, redstone related, I have no idea. Uh, I, I use redstone for blood, um, uh, <laughs> on, on floor grounds. Um, nice. and I, I, I have made an occasional, uh, uh, chicken cooker, but not on episode 104. Uh, but I've made, I've made a chicken cooker before. Uh, but little things Shot, like that. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, got him. I uh, know, but, um. Uh, I, I like basically the slabs and stairs. That's 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 me. That's my that's my jam. So as far as the one fourteen 
Slaps and stairs, barrels that can make my world look cooler. Uh, anything that can add any anything to uh, a, a landscape uh, and just make it a little more interesting. So uh, barrels, lanterns, scaffold. Uh, I'm probably not going to use scaffold for scaffold. It's going to be a bench, um, but it's fine. <laughs> I was I was saying that on on the stream the other day like everyone's like yeah we have a we have a workable table block in Minecraft now that's all scaffold is going to be it's going to keep using dirt yeah because it has that limitation right didn't they increase it was six uh horizontal now it's what like eight maybe is it i think i think it has been buffed a little bit yeah but it's it's still not not as much as like the other blocks which just aren't affected by gravity yeah, yeah I, I can it, just use dirt and four. just insta mine it yeah it's it's still gonna be faster i think i think going up is better but uh, at least uh the the horizontals is it's not as as good but but no i'm 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 just i'm ready i'm ready i know on the uh the artisan smp we switched to a snapshot so i'm just kind of playing with stuff already but uh i just wanted to uh to be stable and uh for them to hurry up so optifine can hurry up as well yeah no that's that's the thing too yeah for me i'm i'm looking at the the bedrock update and all the different stuff that's dropped into their to their latest and thinking like this is where i really feel like java should get some trickle down updates like i don't feel that all the slabs and stairs should be relegated to 114 i feel like you could probably drop a 113.3 in there with all the new blocks right yeah i i think the there's the stuff that's especially materials that are already in the game it sort of makes sense that right. once they've got that which they had it really early in the 1.14 snapshots just like well just just let us have those now like it's not gonna it's not gonna break the game to to throw those in early. there's no I think, there's no gameplay there's no technical thing it's not gonna trickle down right. through redstone and change a bunch of stuff it's not gonna break iron farms it's like it's literally just giving block variants it's not even a new block it's just like a new you can now make slabs and stairs and walls out of these particular materials which you know it's taken you know now i i appreciate that they couldn't do it in 1.12 because of the way that everything was named and they had to do that big what was it called like the flattening the flattening yeah, yeah. where they had to do all that I, I get that but now that we're on the other side of that and have been for months i feel like that it's just a little bit slow on the uptick and i believe uh johnny that that you do the cut sandstone on the stone cutter oh right is that where you get it I, yeah right. i think that's, I think that's, that's, that's the it. stuff oh and i love yeah. that the stone cutter it, it, you save so much material now uh, it's like you one oh, for yeah. one changes now it's so great mm -hmm. yeah just be, being able to make you know put six blocks in and get six stairs out is just re revolutionizing some things and that's something people put data packs on their servers for as well so oh, yeah. it's nice to uh improve the ratio there yeah. there's one thing while looking through the bedrock changelog on on the i went to the minecraft wiki just to find out what exactly was in this snapshot and uh, in this sorry in this in this update and what was still kind of behind the experimental gameplay toggle which is something you have to go into options and enable uh, so that's where a few of the new features are lurking, waiting to be kind of formalized and waiting for feedback. I found something in the changelog that was in a really early Java snapshot, actually. It was in it was in one of the snapshots late last year. Um, the, the, the fun thing, chorus flowers can now be broken using ranged weapons. So if you fire an arrow or throw a trident at a chorus flower, the bit at the top that you normally have to like pillar up and break before you break the plant if you want to replant it, right. can now be broken with an arrow. So you can just shoot down the chorus flowers before you like sweep everything else away with water. So not that people tend to farm purple all that much anyway, but the fact that it can be farmed that way actually makes things way easier. And I was thinking, why wasn't that a thing before? Because that makes perfect sense. And that, that's, that's been the main obstacle, I think, for chorus plant farms is the having to pillar up to 
take down everything manually with an axe or something before you before you farm everything. So I, I, I missed that the first time around and wanted to make a note of it here because otherwise I will forget about it and then <laughs> and then it's it's just gonna be a really useful thing for when people want to make purple farms. Yeah. Or purple games. Like that to me is a really cool archery game, right? Like oh, your yeah. targets That's are always gonna be, yeah. yeah, they're gonna be in a different location. So you have to replant the course fruit, but boy do they grow fast. So your your game is not gonna take too long to reset. You could use water to wash away you know, the, the coarse plants once you've uh, victoriously removed all the flowers with your bow and just, I guess it would be like a timer as to how many can you, you know, take down in 60 seconds or something like that. But that, that could be really yeah. quite fun. You have target practice kind of thing and dispensers on the side to shoot arrows at them as well. You could, um, yeah, automate it that way so that whenever stuff gets up to a certain height, maybe an observer detects it, a wall of arrow dispensers fires and then that harvests all the flowers automatically seconds later water washes it all away it, it's opening up so many options just with tiny changes like that and i think that's that's a really good like update to the way that plant behaves i think you still have to replant things manually yeah yeah but yeah. You, you can still automate the collection of those and before if you washed away one purple plant without taking those flowers down then you couldn't replant it at yeah all, you, so. you don't have any seeds yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah so, and well yeah, it's the exactly. same with crops you can't there's no auto planting crops unless you have a data pack like you the dispenser will not plant wheat you have to you can bone meal wheat but you can't actually plant a crop you have to mm -hmm. do that by hand that or be way too op imagine if you could do that just a dispenser yeah. just planting stuff for you Oh, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. One dispenser planting it and one uh, bone milling it and repeat <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, there are some ways to automatically farm stuff with villagers being able to plant. Uh, that was one of the corrections that they made, actually. We had a, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the Spawnchuck member's name, but they had confirmed that in, in their Java update that the farmers were not planting crops. They were interacting with the compost block, but they were not planting crops. Uh, that was addressed and fixed in the B snapshot, I think, for Java. So that his um, plant, farmers planting crops is an intended behavior, and it was not working in one of the snapshots. But that that's planned to be to be in there as we as we move forward. Um, and every, of, everybody with a villager powered crop farm just breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, I've got four. Yeah, I've got four. Uh, well, speaking of uh, chunk mail, as a matter of fact, uh, we've got uh, an email coming in here. I think it's uh, your week to read this, Johnny. Yep, uh, this one comes from Beck P. Thank you for your email, Beck. Uh, it says, hello there, everyone. I have a quick question for the three of you. Uh, if you could add any mob to the game and or remove anything, what would it be? Anyway, that's all. Thanks. Have a good day. And thank you for the great content. Thank you for the great email, Beck. Uh, yeah, I, I've, had, I've made my thoughts known about mob, uh, like adding mobs in, in the past. I want more golems in the game. I feel like we have a snow golem, an iron golem. That's kind of it. I want either a clay golem or a quartz one that make clay or quartz when renewable. Uh, although I'm pretty sure the stonemason does both of those in uh, in the the forthcoming update. So I, I think some sort of like earth golem that you could find inside of hills or something would be kind of nice. I think I've seen uh, mods that do something like that. So maybe that's where I'm getting the idea from. But uh, yeah, I've I, I've I've mentioned that on the show before, so I don't want to dwell on my ideas. How about you guys? What do you what do you think mobs mob wise could be added? Sausage, go ahead. Oh man. yeah, no, I, I, man, I had a list, but I had to bring it down because I, we, we don't have time for this. I had a list of like <laughs> thirty different things I want. No, but uh, I decided on two different mobs, a passive and a hostile one, because it wasn't specific. But thank you, Beck, for a, what an amazing question. But um, uh, as far as um, a passive mob, there's eleven cats in this game. Okay, what happened <laughs> to all my dogs? 
I was going to say, I know what's coming. Where I'm, my a dogs puppy, at? I'm a puppy boy. Okay, I have two dogs in my house. They're literally in my single-player world. Baby and Bubbles, is my, that's my family, okay? I want my family in my game, okay? I want dogs, okay? 11, who picked cats first? Let's do a poll. Who likes cats more than dogs and who likes dogs more than cats? Dogs will win, okay? You know, somebody in motion, there's an agenda. And, and it's, it's okay. I, I I love them anyways. It's fine. But I want dogs. I want Labradors, German Shepherds, Huskies, Yorkies. Okay. I want dogs in the game. If they have 11 cats, give me 11 dogs. Okay, please. I, I can think of several past guests that would agree with you. Wells Knight and Whip both, I think, mentioned dog breeds being kind of on their priority list as well. So you're, you're definitely not alone. And I imagine, yeah, there's a... A substantial portion of our audience. We've seen a few cat pictures pop up in the uh, the pet spam, but we've seen just as many dogs. I think. Yeah, man, Flip can get um, Coda in the game. Come on, we got to get Coda and Bubbles in the game to get a plane together, having fun. So that's that's number one. I don't care about anything else. Uh, and then also uh, uh, a. Uh a hostile mob I, we need more bosses but not like top tier bosses like the dragon or the wither or or the elder guardian we need like maybe like mid-tier uh mob uh bosses like like say uh, a mummy for like a desert temple or like a uh a, 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 like a really op witch for witch huts or maybe like a almost like a super zombie or something like a big big thick zombie or something like in a jungle temple something like that like mid-tier zombie mid-tier bosses that give you a little bit more loot normally uh but uh serve a purpose to like what we have in existing uh locations like temples and witch huts and stuff like that that'll be kind of cool to see i kind of think why aren't husks mummies to begin with because husks being those kind of sand zombies i feel like somebody must have reskinned them as mummies already i expect oh, i'm just sure like yeah in a, a resource pack somewhere but like i get that now it kind of makes sense because of husks like going into water and kind of rehydrating and turning back into zombies i kind of like that there's connectivity between those but a lot of people have that complaint that you know if it, if something new gets added to the game it's another variant of zombies so i i definitely like the idea of having reaching out into other horror movies if you want to go for like the kind of classic horror that's not really all that scary and go with something like the mummy i think that'd be kind of cool i'd it'd be neat if you know, random chance that the bats that you find in caves could just kind of like poof and turn into a vampire. <laughs> there we go. I'm there thinking, we go. That's, remember the old Warner Brothers pack. cartoons where I think, did they have to say Abracadabra? I can't remember what it was, but there was a, there's this one Bugs Bunny cartoon uh, and this the bat was constantly changing into a vampire back and forth when someone would say a magic word and it was absolutely hilarious and it would kind of like do this great big poof animation and that would be really fun if it was added to the game. <laughs> I like I like that idea. I like it. I like it going kind of classic. Um, what is it? The Universal movie monsters kind of thing. Like yeah, going, d diving into that well a little bit. Yeah, like Swamp Thing and uh... <laughs> me. Me and Sausage are covering Swamp Thing right now. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I see something coming out of that swamp. That thing is scary sometimes at night. Yeah, just covered in seagrass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Uh, we talked a little bit before on on the show about ambient mobs. I think birds. I think I would like to see the odd bird flying around when I am walking through and exploring Minecraft. I think it would add a lot of immersion to the game, especially with the sounds, because you wouldn't necessarily have to have all the sounds tied to one single bird model. You could have one odd bird fly here and there, but you could have the chirping happening no matter where you were in the forest, right? Like that kind of stuff would be a fairly straightforward thing to add. And I think things like sparrows and chickadees in the woods, maybe seagulls, you know, when you're on the coast, 
uh, or in an ocean biome and then maybe even uh vultures in the desert you're like walking across a giant desert and hearing that like that classic kind of like Ca-ca! you know like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. around right just you almost want a tumbleweed to blow by uh that kind of stuff and i've been in a desert that's a real thing that happens and it is very unnerving <laughs> it takes you back to those you know those scenes in movies where people have been alone in the desert for weeks and you're like wow okay i kind of want to go back to my car now <laughs> uh, I f- but i feel like it it adds something to the ecosystem of a desert as well imagine there's like rotten flesh laying around from a husk that you've killed and as a vulture just comes down and like swipes it like carrion yeah you know, that, that'd be that'd be perfect that'd be yeah, so good and exactly and you there's there's already precedent for a flying mobs because we've got phantoms and b mobs that kind of play around with item entities because foxes are going to do that dolphins already do that mm-hmm. i feel like yeah stuff like that really wouldn't be too hard to add the occasional vulture into deserts get on yeah. it moyang 1.15 Please. Yeah, yeah. And you know what yeah. too? You can add uh, almost like the turtle egg um, functionality and have like little nests, and the eggs are are, are nesting. And maybe if you hit the nest, uh, you get like items from it, like either like some bone meal, or some sticks, or something like that too, to add even more. Like you can get drops mm-hmm. from these guys. That'd be kind of cool. I never thought about drops. There was one thing I, I knew is, is usually a thing where people complain about a mob being added to the game that does not add any kind of functionality or gameplay, like for polar bears, that sort of thing. But I don't know. I don't know if I would need a drop from a bird per se, but I think a nest would be a neat idea where you could, you know, collect eggs or collect sticks or I don't know what else you could potentially, potentially do. Or even maybe the nest would be a way to attract cats. Like maybe cats are attracted to bird's nests, something like that. Um, something I was also thinking about it when you mentioned uh, dogs sausage is that I wonder if the reason why it's uh, late for them to add different dog breeds is that different cats, you can generally reskin the same cat model and show different cat breeds, whereas different dog breeds, you generally have to change the model. Like the, the I mean, some, some dogs like German Shepherds and Labradors and Huskies are, you could probably get away with the same model, but in other cases, like smaller dogs or larger dogs, you'd have to really re- have them remodeled. I wonder if that's a bottleneck. I'm guessing that has to be the reason because pretty much every cat is the same model, just re- retextured. But yeah, I'm guessing that that would be pretty difficult. I don't know. Just, let, let's just tell them to call our friend, uh, Jermsey boy, and he'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. either, either that or they reskin the existing dogs and you just have this like man-sized Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah, <laughs> just a this giant, giant Yorkie. Giant Yorkie, absolutely. Yeah. Like rideable looking thing. <laughs> yes. Well, true to form with our roundtable discussions, we would like to invite our guest to go first. So what topic have you brought to the table this week, Sausage? Oh, man, I got a fun one. Um, uh, well, we, we already, uh, 114 is coming. 114 is already on the way, but what better thing to do than just to look forward past all that and where are we going next? And so uh, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing to do. Why not? We do it for everything. We see a really good movie. It's like, when is the sequel coming out? Uh, but I really want to uh, touch on the fact, well, the, a lot of people have been hinting. I believe Python was one of the first people I heard on Twitter was actually mentioning it, uh, that uh, what if the next update is a combat update? Uh, mm-hmm. Because they they're holding back on the um, what was the fletching table and the smithing table, so that has maybe something to do with what possibly could be combat related. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what what would I want to see in a combat update? Even though I, I, we don't really I, I, I'm, okay, let's let's be honest, let's whisper, okay, so nobody can hear. We don't really need it, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll take it, and it's fine. But let's let's have fun with it if we're gonna take it. So I'm thinking. Uh, something that would be pretty cool is well, number one, before we even get in, add some more uh, slabs and stairs for every block in the game. Thank you. Okay, and then next, <laughs> so, so that we can do combat with them, of course. Take <laughs> so, your you slab know, into battle. Come 
on. I need. You know what? If I need to put a stair down real fast and it's a concrete <laughs> stair, I wanted to make it look good it's, while I go up basically- something. It's basically Fortnite, right? That's yeah. how you do Fortnite. You know, Fortnite taught us a lot. You know, build and combat. <laughs> so listen, it's fine. But I would like more weapons. If you're gonna do combat, let's get more weapons. Let's get more variety. Let's get more. We don't have we don't have a lot of projectiles, and and snow doesn't count. Um, so let's do some throwing knives in there. Uh, let's get some. I was thinking also. This is just Skyrim coming out of me right now. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional because this would be pretty cool. How about two-handed weapons? Uh, long swords, battle axes. Uh, I know the people in the PvP community might hate this part, but how about taking longer to charge up for this <laughs> because it's a bigger sword, battle axe, something like that. So uh, take a little longer to charge, but double the damage. Something cool like that. Uh, maybe spears. How about wizard staffs? Okay. How about I want to be a wizard sometimes, and I wouldn't mind a big old staff. Pretend I'm Gandalf. Do some Gandalf role playing. Okay. So that would be kind of cool with like magical elements and chants on that. Uh, stuff like crafting more armor. Like let let me craft chainmail. I don't want to just find it. I want to make it. Or maybe like customizable shields maybe like a rounded shield different wood color shields like you're changing the wood colors on signs stuff like that will be kind of cool uh there's also examples of of if, if mojang wants to take a look uh our, our good friends at the conquest resource pack monster fish made an awesome list of customizable weapons that are just amazing you just pretty much just rename a sword into this a b c whatever weapon and it reskins it so there's so many examples out there of how it could look uh, so there's super super cool that you can actually take a look and see how it how it's possible uh, And then also I don't know if this is the thing and if this would be no, I don't know something that maybe would be pretty cool How about adding like RPG elements to your combat and your swords and and it maybe like upgrade level up your armor level up your weapon as you go uh, on using it uh, That would be kind of cool. Maybe your, your, your sword is like a level one right now it doesn't do as much damage but the more you use it you upgrade that sword and you're able to do more things with it and have more damage, have more uh, added bonuses to it. So something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff out there. Hopefully one of those stick. It sounds good. Like the RPG elements thing, when I was doing the Harmony mod pack with Python, we actually had a mod on there that I forget it with, if it was level up or if it was levels three. There were two different mods. One of them did like player skills and the other one was all about the tools and armor you got and it all gave it different attributes. So you could get like the kind of mythical, exotic, legendary kind of armor that would have way more than your standard piece of diamond armor that was just common or uncommon kind of stuff. And I had an axe there that was a rare axe that I think did 12 damage instead of nine right out the gate. And then it got up to level 10. And by the end of it, it was doing 21 damage and I could just one shot basically anything except the wither. And I, I thought that was, that was fantastic fun. And it really made me feel more ownership of the tools a little bit more. Like I was so attached to that axe. It became like a meme for half of the series I, I think that kind of stuff is really great. The other thing you mentioned, wizard staffs. I kind of wonder if maybe some of the development on Minecraft Dungeons, the upcoming dungeon crawler title that they announced at the last Minecon, is potentially going to shift their focus towards more of like an RPG style system where there are different classes that you can play. I feel like that's the fleshing out of combat that you might want from a game like Minecraft. And it's the kind of thing that you've seen already implemented in servers like Wincraft that have to do it with like command blocks and heavy kind of data pack inspired stuff but you could definitely implement a system like that incorporate a bit more of a magical element that fits in with minecraft's existing systems of enchanting and brewing i think there's potential for that i would really like to see that i'm looking at these these weapons that you linked from uh 
the conquest resource pack. It's really cool. Is this this must be have this must have to be a mod, right? Like there, this isn't. Uh, no, no, it's not even a mod. It's basically uh, it's a, just a resource pack. You can just use it uh, on, on anything. I think they upgraded to one thirteen, so it's available there. And then you basically oh, no. just um, you just have the resource pack on, and you 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 rename. Uh, your item, like let's say you rename your sword to a long sword, and it'll uh, in the, in an anvil. Once you do it, it automatically turns into that's that model, and and you, uh, and okay. you can just rename it over and over again, uh, and it changes to that specific. Uh, that specific so it's it's weapon. it's something that you need Optifine to do, presumably, yes, that, because that's yeah. how you get the custom kind of exactly. models in. There. Yeah, interesting. They must have because I know that MBT data took a big change rolling over from 1.12 to 1.13, and I had some plans for similar kind of customization with Elytra, and it wouldn't work anymore. But now that they've got custom model data in there, a lot of um, data pack developers and um, texture pack people uh, authors are. Um, are using it they, these i mean they all look really cool some of them are really high resolution like you might some people might find it clashes with their if they've got a low res texture pack but even like i wouldn't necessarily want to be running around and using these but i would love to have them decorating you know like to put a big sword in like an item frame or a armor stand that you could then have it look like there's a couple of cool swords hanging on the wall in your armory or you know something just like one sword and specifically these shields like having a round viking shield or a diamond shaped you know um kind of like an english style uh, medieval shield would be really really cool compared to just the square you know plank that you get in in default minecraft it, it adds just a lot of stuff to the game that doesn't really affect gameplay like you're not going to have it's not the i mean these models are going to not affect gameplay i know what you're saying you're saying that add some some different timing and stuff and i would be i would be the person that would walk around the caves with a long sword i would much rather charge up a sword and try to end a zombie once than try to hit them twice right plus yeah if you have sweeping edge you could take like a whole <laughs> a whole mess of them oh, a nice. whole horde of them together if you have like be a, like a berserker like orc on the top of the uh the wall at um Gosh, I'm blanking. The two towers battle, uh, Helm's Deep. Oh, yes. You know, like the, those, they, they get up on top of the wall. They just start swinging left and right. That would be great. Taking out five or six zombies at a time. Just like tear through them all. That would be so cool. And then, yeah, most of the stuff wouldn't really take um, anything really to, as far as gameplay changes. Well, just the, the timing probably, but just for aesthetics and stuff. Which, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know. Is We've had the same sword, the same axe, the same everything for so long. It'd be kind of cool to have some way to customize weapons and make it a little bit more unique more your own just like that axe was on harmony something like that just to make it feel a little more unique i feel like the tridents tried to do a little bit like that where you've got like channeling and so you can kind of call down lightning that would be really cool if you could have uh the wizard staff also be a new ranged weapon like add you know not have just bows and arrows and crossbows but actually be able to you know shoot fireballs or freeze mobs like what a great way to get a like if you're a, a new player and you don't like combat well then maybe you should grab a wizard staff and have your main spell be freeze something so you can just freeze something's feet to the ground and then run away <laughs> just... yeah having having tinkered around a little bit with thorncraft in a couple of mod packs that's great fun having having a wand that you can specialize to different like skills there's even a, a, a mode of a thorncraft wand that specializes in building and allows you to like you know make holes through stuff so you can make an instantaneous door through the side of a building if you want to go in without there being a door on it um and and that kind of stuff but yeah having having flame based spells or fi uh, ice based spells like it, it makes a certain amount of sense we've already got kind of 
you know, the nether and ice planes and that kind of stuff. It could draw from the elements of the land in a way, in a, in a Magic the Gathering kind of way, I guess. Yeah. It'll make sense. Yeah, and I know uh, System Z uh, did a, I think he, he created almost like a data pack for what it would look like uh, for a wizard to be a thing in Minecraft. So I do believe mm-hmm. that's a, he did a video on, on it that uh, it looked very practical. Like you don't want to have your, your wand or your, your wizard staff be too OP. So it really is limited to just like one <laughs> specific uh, enchant. And then, yeah, there, I believe he made one for that it was an ice one. One that was like a teleporting one. Almost like if you, you're shooting an ender probe, but no ender probe really goes out. You're just aiming <laughs> your, your staff somewhere and it, it takes you, teleports you to a certain location. Uh, stuff like that. that that'd be kind of cool. That'd be, I, I, I would play around with that. I, I think yeah. That would be the only thing I'll have. I wouldn't even have a sword. No, and mm. it, especially because if it if it translates into something that could also be used in multiple different ways in the game, like if you're using a teleportation staff, you could use it to very easily get around builds, right? Like you could use it instead of a light trail. If you wanted to get up and see the your build from a specific vantage point, or if you want to get up on top of that roof because you forgot to place that one tile and it's driving you crazy, then rather than trying to lob an ender pearl in the right direction, you could use the wizard staff, which is just a cooler way of teleporting around. You know, and what if uh, it'll take um, it'll take maybe levels from you, uh, or it's, that would be cool. Like let's say you have to have the levels to use it, so you're almost like your mana goes down whenever you use it. That'd be kind of nice. Because cool. yeah. we already use those for enchanting as well. That seems mm. like a, a system that makes canonical sense with what we already have in Minecraft. All right, screw it. I want it now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel one point fourteen. Give us one point fifteen now. Now. Yeah. 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 Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Awesome. Uh, Johnny, what did you have to bring to the table this week? Uh, this week, I actually offered up two different choices to the folks in our Discord. One of the Patreon goals that we have hit recently is to have our patrons be able to vote on different topics. In fact, we actually just passed our milestone goal that allows the Discord minor levels the, who uh, who pledged to us on Patreon to uh, vote on these topics as well. So I set that up, and uh, there were two ones, and the one that won out was... A question that came up on a recent live stream because somebody came into my chat and asked if it was considered cheating to switch their single player world to peaceful mode if they were in danger. They said that sometimes, you know, they like the challenge of survival, but being in situations where there are hostile mobs bearing down on them kind of stresses them out and they get anxious and they get paranoid. And of course, at the time, I was like, well, if it's going to affect your mental health, then yes, of course, like switch to peaceful mode. This is a game that's meant to be enjoyed. But I thought we could unpack that a little bit and talk about using other cheats like stuff like keep inventory or even like switching to creative mode. Now, personally, in the survival guide world, I only switch to spectator mode to take screenshots and then I go straight back to survival mode. I've talked a little bit about keep inventory and I haven't used it. Uh, as as we heard earlier from the fact that all my inventory got destroyed in the creeper explosions. But I, yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about that side of Minecraft because being survival players primarily, we don't tend to talk about that stuff all that much. But how do you guys feel about it? Do you feel like it is cheating or do you feel like it's just more like an adaptation of gameplay? Cheating, stop cheating, stop it. Take your beating <laughs> like, a, like, like, a, like a strong person, you know? Just, just, just fight, okay? If you die, you die. No, it, it's, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't... I, it's switching to peaceful if you're in danger you're about to die okay is it cheating but who are we to say you know these are very philosophical questions is it or yeah. is it not cheating uh is there anybody watching you okay if you do it and nobody sees it it's not cheating okay it's technically yeah I, f- I feel i feel like you're making like a sort of contract with yourself you're the only one that you've got to impress <laughs> yeah like who are you uh, unless you somebody's watch like it, it, i don't i don't know i don't think I think the only thing that would be maybe considered cheating 
is if you you bring in blocks that you didn't mine yourself in a survival world. That's probably that's yeah that's that's cheating. Um, uh, maybe let's say you died and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have died. That, that was a mistake. I'm just gonna spawn in all my items that I lost. Yeah, that could be considered cheating, maybe. Um, going on spectator mode, I go on spectator mode to take. Uh, there's no replay mod for 113, so I am my own replay mod. Okay, so I'm there yeah. swerving in the cinematic camera mode and stuff. So if that's cheating, then uh, I, I'm put me in Minecraft jail. But um, <laughs> but no, I don't. I, I think it's uh, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, uh, if it, do you want to lose your stuff or do you want to keep your stuff? If you're if you're happy with it, you know, if you if you have a peace of mind that you're not going to lose your things if you do die, it who cares? Just go have fun. As long as you're having fun playing the game, who cares? And I find it kind of interesting when you include the fact that for a start, they are called cheats when you enable them at the start of like and in, in the mm. creation of a Minecraft world. And that that's the thing that I'm I'm a little bit hung up on right now is the terminology used for them as enable cheats when really a lot of the time what you're doing is it's it's commands people understand like command prompt as a kind of a separate thing and yes you can you can use it to you know enable yourself to fly and so forth but i don't know if that's really considered cheating in a sandbox game i feel like if minecraft had a progression and a story in a stronger sense then maybe like cheat codes to get you to different levels and that kind of stuff make a little bit more sense but i feel like maybe a term like cheats is maybe not one that really applies here Perhaps. Yeah, I th I think that call that the the menu item calling it enable cheats just kind of puts you in that mindset and then brings up the yeah. questions. I I was reminded when I was streaming from the realm of Aston a couple of weeks ago that uh, uh, Fixit was in the chat and he said like, hey, don't forget like you have access to spectator mode and you can absolutely use it to not just take screenshots. Like if you are trying to figure out the shape of this tree and you want to fly around with you know, not having to worry about constantly flying into something at 60 miles an hour with your Elytra, you know, and actually having the time to look and take in the lines that you've created, then switch to spectator mode. That's what it's for. That's okay on the server. And it's just one of those weird things that I just mentally just, I, I'm OP on the Citadel. It's, it's the server that I run. I can do anything I want in there. And I very rarely even allow myself to go into spectator mode. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, that's the mentality that I have. Um, the few times that I've done it, it's been to like lag bust, you know, try to figure out, you know, why is the frame rate two in this area? There's got to be a zombie holding, you know, or, or eight mobs holding items that I can't see or can't find. And, and sometimes it just boils down to the amount of fun that you're having in the game. Do you want to spend two hours looking for this problem in survival or do you want to enable spectator and just find it in five minutes and call it done so that you can get back to having fun? Uh, I know that I mentioned this, I think I might have mentioned this in the pre-show, but I was watching um, some satisfactory uh, gameplay on Exumovoid's stream, excellent content, and there was a point where he died. And I can't remember the term, you guys can refresh my memory if, I, if, I, if, I, if you know this, but they called it save diving or save... Save scumming? Oh, people, people call it save scumming. Yeah, save scumming. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much a term from like the um, kind of competitive gaming and speedrunning community sure. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So this is this was a new term to me, but he went on and explained it. And and what he did was he went back about five minutes ago and, and loaded up an autosave, which by the way, that game having autosaves is brilliant. Like that's a fantastic mm -hmm. thing that it has. Because yeah. he felt that he died because of a glitch. The game is in early access. And he went to jump on uh, a, a platform, an island, and he felt he nailed it. I feel like he did. And he yet he still got pushed off to the side and felt it was doom. And it was just like mm -hmm. mm, that he wasn't 
milling around. It's not like he ran off and did something stupid. He didn't drive a truck off a cliff. Like he, that was the game killing him, not him making a mistake. And that were, was what he drew the line. He's like, well, I could spend the next, you know, 20 minutes on stream getting all my stuff back. Or we could just load this up and continue having fun together. And I think that's where you need to draw the line. Like if it's something where you and server mates have agreed that, well, we're not going, we're going to enable, you know, spectator account. Maybe people even have access to creative for, you know, specific reasons because they need to be able to create um, command blocks and place them in the world for whatever you're doing on your server. If you have an agreement across a multiplayer server that said, hey, look, just don't give yourself, you know, 64 stacks of diamonds and all that kind of stuff, then I think that uh, it's just really on you. In a single player world, it's more about how you feel. Like if, if you're going to brag to your friends that you've created this thing in survival, make sure that you've done the work honestly. I think that's, that's for me, where it becomes cheating is when, it, when something is dishonest. If it's part of the game and the game allows you to do it, meh, I'd say go for it. Yeah. And there's even a case where, like, for example, if you've spawned a wither, which is usually pretty destructive and it gets out of control, having right. an admin kill that with commands, you don't get a nether star from that. So you're not really gaining anything. Right. And calling that a cheat, I think, is personally like a misnomer because then, yeah, you're you're effectively preserving the server from being completely destroyed and from stuff to get destroyed unfairly that other people have built is not a great thing to have happen no exactly uh, even on a single player world i mean if you've put hours and hours into something and you do something that completely breaks it or gets destroyed i'm not i'm, I'm not talking about a single creeper i'm talking about something like a wither getting loose on your your beautiful town that you just finished well sure like i think that that's i mean there's no there's no difference than going back to a save that you might have had from you know a, a, a week ago and just reloading from there you know, like I, I think that it equates to, you know, is it something that would make you not want to play the game because of some unfortunate thing that happened? And if that's the case, then I think backing up or or enabling peaceful mode, you know, like if you just got your first Elytra and you're being mobbed and you're going to die, I would switch to peaceful just because like that's that just is not a fun thing. Right. Yeah, yeah especially and all the one, work you one, did to get there too. It's just pillaring, mm -hmm. and this your first elytra is like one of the most important things. Is you're not gonna go pillar to another end city because this is hard to find already. So, I understand with that one. But then people, then would you consider turning fire tick off a cheat? I bet some people probably do also. Fire tick yeah, off, I, uh, mob <laughs> griefing off. That they're considering those. They're, they're, there's some strict people out there. You, you they gotta go buy the book. You take that off, and automatically you're a cheater. Yeah, and like. Having, having it be like 100% default, not modified in the slightest kind of thing. I imagine there's some people, like Azuma even called um, the Optifine Zoom key cheaty Zoom. Like he kind of got, I think that's that's more like a thing that he's just gotten used to saying at this point. But I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe in like PvP combat conditions, maybe it's considered cheating. But for me, it's like a, a thing that I can use to demonstrate, like look over there and just really zoom in on something. It makes perfect sense for video making. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like a cheat to me. There's one other thing I briefly wanted to touch on before we move on is that on Bedrock Edition uh, and, and the ones that are tied to Xbox platforms specifically, the Xbox achievements get disabled if you enable certain settings like Keep Inventory. Uh, I, I think this used to be the case even with coordinates up until quite recently. Um, I say quite recently, I think I, I looked this up and it was more like a year or so ago, but uh, from what I remember, the versions I remember, if you enable coordinates, then it disables all the achievements. And that feels weird to me because that's that's kind of punishing people for stuff that should be a little bit more accessible in the game anyway and could maybe be considered more accessibility settings than, you know, actual cheats and kind of aids to helping them play the game. 
uh, like coordinates especially, like I find that restricting access to those means that you can't link up nether portals reliably and stuff like that. So there are definitely occasions in which I find coordinates essential and hiding those behind some sort of wall whereby you, you, you basically admit I am a cheater and I don't deserve the achievements feels a little bit wrong to me. And they have made changes to that more recently to make some of those things that are more kind of, yeah, accessibility things a little bit less strict on achievement blocking. But I think Keep Inventory is still one that does that. So mm. it's an interesting discussion to have. And I'd like to hear more opinions about that. But I want to move on to uh, Joel's discussion before we wrap up this episode. Sure. And this actually has a similar kind of vibe to it. Uh, I've been messing around with data packs recently. And my topic is related to data packs versus modded Minecraft and where the line is. So after watching a recent Waddles video where he showcased tables and chairs by Chuck Chuck, uh, I actually downloaded the pack, really thought it could be quite useful in, in the Citadel and some of the other future plans that we have on the server. But I thought also that uh, I wanted to put my own personal touch on it and try to make it feel as vanilla Minecraft as possible. Chuck Chuck did a great job on the pack and it's ingenious the way that it's, um, it's uh, implemented in that the chairs are essentially put on the head of an armor stand and then that is lowered so that it looks like the chair is on the ground. And uh, one of his chairs, his oak chair, looked very, very close to default Minecraft. In the same way that you look at how an oak fence is created, this oak chair was basically an oak fence, but in the shape of a chair. Uh, sure, and, I, yeah. and I thought, you know, if some of his other models were more ornate and, and they were in, in greater detail, and I thought, well, maybe I'll dial these back and see if I can't get the same sort of model, try to have some sort of design continuity. It was a fun challenge to myself. I've been wanting to learn how to use a block modeler forever. So I got into Blockbench. I quickly found how easy it was to add custom models to tweak texture. I knew how easy it was to tweak textures, but to add custom models and have them look like Minecraft and have them look like they fit in the game if you're taking the time to make things very simply. Like for a good example, uh, I tried to very much limit any kind of small movement nudges and small uh, design elements in these things. I went for, if you look at a Minecraft block, it's a 16 by 16 default kind of like quote unquote Minecraft pixel block. So I didn't want to make anything that was less than one Minecraft pixel. So, you know, like this, the chairs have got thick legs and the, the seats have got a, a, a thick seat on them. And so it's meant to look like it fits within the game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was a challenge that I laid out for myself, but I was wondering what you guys thought, at what point do you think data packs push the idea of vanilla outside of the current definition because this isn't a mod this is something that you can run in any version of the game provided that the data pack is written in in the the way that takes advantage of the features that are available so whether it's 113 or 114 most of them now use what's called custom model data which is the new version of uh, mbt data and that is something where you don't even need to rename something on an anvil you can create a custom recipe like creating a chair shape out of quartz blocks and then give the player uh, essentially an item in the game. In this case, it's a trap door, but the trap door is then given custom model data. The game is told if it has custom model, model data X, then display the chair, not the trap door. And it doesn't replace the trap door. So you can still craft a trap door and use a trap door the same way you always would. But if you craft this specific kind of trapdoor, it redisplays as a chair. And it means that you could add any block that you want in any format that you want to the game. 
So I'm wondering, like, where do you guys feel data packs kind of cross over into the, like, well, this is essentially modded. It's just that I don't have to download a mod. Like, I don't have to work, run 1.12 in order to use it. What do you think, Sausage? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the second you you modify anything, even if it's like a data pack, is no longer vanilla. I think even the data pack, I think it's like an easy way to mod. So without having to have Forge, without having to have all these other uh, launchers, it's just, I, I, I think for me, any any and all data packs are considered modding minecraft so i think they're all mods even though it's considered like a data pack but it brings so much to the game that i love it because we should have tables and chairs in minecraft uh we have beds <laughs> why not have tables and chairs because what wh why i, I want to sit down sometimes and you get tired you don't want to have to run around all over the place you want to sit down in the chair i would love that i would love that that's super cool and i did see that waddles video it was super funny though that when you sit on a chair it's almost like you're sitting on a pig on in a saddle <laughs> so you see yeah. the little saddle uh bits on the bottom that's super funny that was awesome uh but i did see that it's really really cool but i, I just love the fact that data pass exists because it makes it easier just to to add all these awesome features to your just your vanilla uh experience it's super awesome and i think you know i, I don't know if if it really if if it does anything to mojang's uh side of things if they see these things happen it's like whoa that's pretty cool how do you do that oh we can add that to maybe we, we might be able to add that to vanilla and that just gives more hope <laughs> for the future that you don't need a data pack for it and maybe you know that, that comes to to the real game but for me i think really anything that goes above the vanilla experience it, it, it's 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 modern minecraft it's it's for me it's the same uh which is it's not a bad thing it's actually a, a great thing and i love it I, I, we need more more data packs please more i i think there are three different perspectives i can take on this i think my personal philosophy is closest to what sausage just said about like everything that is outside of vanilla once you start adding stuff in data pack wise then that's modifying the game therefore it feels like modded minecraft right there is the philosophy that it becomes modded Minecraft when you are coding something in Java that isn't kind of provided for you by an existing Minecraft kind of interface. Like, so data packs are effectively part of what could be considered a modding API that's more like part of the vanilla game. So you're mm -hmm. coding stuff in JSON and you're kind of working on stuff like that, as opposed to it being like a mod that everyone's, that people are writing from scratch that has to be made compatible through Forge, that kind of thing. There's like a hard line there of like, well, if you need a mod loader to install it, then that's clearly modded, whereas everything else is still very much a data pack. And then I think there is that kind of, that almost like homemade approach, like like you were saying, you you craft something in the shape of a chair. The item it gives you is basically like a trapdoor with a bunch of data. That feels like it can't quite be modded because it's still using so many of the vanilla Minecraft components to make something, even if the block model that it then puts down is the same. And block models effectively seem a little bit more like resource pack style. People have been using stuff like that for ages and maybe they're modifying the behavior of it slightly, but it's still, you know, it fits in with the world a little bit. Whereas with mods, they can add whole new items into the game without replacing anything or having to rely on existing stuff that's in the game. So you don't have to worry too much about like, you know, my industrial craft furnace isn't going to just be like a weird cobbled together reskin of an existing furnace. Yeah. So there's 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 that angle on it, but I think yeah, what what I think is probably closest to what Mythical Sausage thinks, like it's it's just if it starts to modify gameplay, if it starts to add new stuff in, it's effectively a new brand of modded Minecraft at that point. Yeah, and I, I my definition is a little bit more gray because I I mean I'm really enjoying these chairs and and I am essentially making a resource pack which is vanilla, so or widely considered vanilla so it, it's one of those things where 
all of this is available in the game. I'm just simply saying, no, instead of model X, display model Y. Um, I mean, it's combined with a data pack, and that's how you get the tables and chairs, the variations yeah. of them. Specifically, the tables. Um, Chalk Chalk created a, a hammer where if you right-click on the table, it cycles through the different kinds of legs. So it can have four legs, a pedestal. It can have one leg in the corner or two legs on one side. And that means that if you wanted to combine two or more tables together, you don't have legs in the middle. Like you just have legs on the end, like a regular sure. table. Think like a yeah. long board table or something like that in, in an office, right? Anyway, um, for me, I was thinking about it. Like you could do a lot of stuff with custom recipes. And there's even an example in Jersey Boy's texture pack where because it's a medieval texture pack, and rods have got no place. There's no use for them. You're just not using them. So he re he's remodeled them into being a lantern, right? Which is before they even announced a lantern from um, from 1.14. And that to me still feels very vanilla. Like that to me doesn't feel like it's really outside the realm of reason, you know, because it's not affecting gameplay, right? Now, for me, if a data pack is, if someone wrote a data pack for like, say, a wizard staff, that to me would feel more like modded. Whereas mm -hmm. if someone just writes a data pack that says, mm, now, uh, well, for example, maybe you've got a, a resource pack that changes the flat models in the game like because I use one that's a that's a resource pack that changes like tracks and uh, sorry rails and ladders and vines and gives them like a little 3D bump. Same thing with sugarcane. Instead of a flat pixel plane, they've actually got four sides to them. And I feel like that kind of stuff, it's all still textured like vanilla. So it's it's not really breaking anything there. It just it feels a little bit less 2009 <laughs> you know yeah. for me uh yeah. and i that kind of stuff doesn't really break it for me but for me it's more of a gameplay line i feel like if a data pack changes the way like if a an elytra was given to you that didn't require rockets or you know one rocket would allow you to fly forever like that to me would be like mm, that's that's pushing boundaries whereas just you know changing the model of an elytra and changing the way that it looks giving a player more options in that realm yeah, it's again, and that's the kind of thing like you don't even see it. It's only your server mates that are going to see it um, in, in most cases. So, and I was thinking about something like that too from like my world, like my single player world. Uh, but then I, I thought if I, because I do world downloads like every episode 25, if somebody were to download this world and, and, and they don't have that data pack, they're going to see a, a trapdoor on the floor that could have been a chair, but it's literally a trapdoor sitting on the floor. It's like, what is this for? Did he, did he mess yeah. up with his build? So uh, something like that. The only thing that's it, it, is germs. I use germs pack in my single player world is I did switch it to uh, my world to default the other day. And I was like, I have a lot of end rods poking out of weird places. What is this? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, it's a lantern. I, and I tell people, you know, make sure if you're going to download it, you know, this was made with germs pack. Okay. So this is how it should have looked. But if you didn't download germs pack, I'm sorry, but it still looks good. But every once in a while, you're going to see a weird end rod poking out of some side of some house, but it, pretend it's a lantern. That's it. Yeah. 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 And I think, and I think that's the kind of thing where if you're going to do that kind of thing, you just have to say, Hey, look, I play with this, this data pack and it's publicly available. Here's how to download it and use it yourself. And if you want to download, you know, the, the world and, and check it out, then, then same thing, you know, they, they do that with realm of Aston where they say, Hey, this is, this is a realm of Aston data pack. If you do want to come on here, you really have to use this pack. Uh, for me, the, the other thing that I think would be less cheaty is something like, um, vanilla custom recipes for blocks that are available in creative 
but are not available in vanilla yet. So we're getting them, like say like the cut sandstone and the smooth sandstone and the smooth double slabs, like those are all coming in 1.14. But as soon as data packs were available and those blocks were available in creative, but not survival, one of the first things that I saw out there was a data pack that allowed you to then make a crafting recipe that made sense, that followed the vanilla formula and gave you those blocks in, in survival. Um, and we use it on the Citadel and it's great. You just, you just, you feel like you're using 1.14 blocks in some cases because you know, it's, it's not craftable yet in, in survival, but. And these data cool. packs I mean, too, it's, it's, that I think that, like I was saying before, it could be like inspiring motion because a lot of these data packs that are existing now that you don't need them next, uh, next update because of the adding that the stone cutter, yeah. you had all these yeah. data packs that, that doubled the, the amount of, uh, stairs you get her, or even the, um, we had the, uh, the, the stair. Yeah. We had, I believe there was a stair one. Uh, there was one for the double slab. There's one for the smooth, uh, stone slab. So a lot of these is i don't know are they getting these are they are they actually listening to the community that's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as people say that they probably don't but they do I, I have a feeling they got a lot of inspiration from and a lot of the stuff we're seeing now are probably inspired from the modded community and it's, you never know you'll see something that you didn't expect they'll be they'll be considered uh, they're considered modded now but they'll be vanilla like next year it's pretty cool you never know right you never know all right, I think that's probably going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spawn Chunks and Mythical Sausage. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us for today's roundtable. If people want to find you online, where can they go if they want to know how the sausage is made? Oh, yes, I will tell you right now. Thank you for having me. No, but you can just go to The Mythical Sausage on YouTube. The, put the V in the front. It's, it's pronounced The, not The. The Mythical Sausage on YouTube. Or uh, take away the V or the, the and put just put Mythical Sausage on Twitter. I'm there too, as well. Fantastic stuff. All right, thanks. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us, and thank you again for listening to this episode of the Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show, links to the, some of the stuff we talked about today, and of course, Mythical Sausages social links as well at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and the Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You might even get a chance to vote on upcoming roundtable discussions. You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and get us closer to our next patreon goal the chunk mail dispenser where we go through a bunch of the emails that we receive every week because we're getting a lot now and it's really exciting to uh to have your support in coming up with new stuff to talk about on the show joel will have the email address for you in a second but i have an announcement we have got 74 patrons right now which is a huge increase from recent weeks and we have smashed our next milestone goal of $200 per show. Thank you guys so much for your support. As always, it's incredible to have this community and we're going to be working with our patrons to see what the best day and time is to arrange our first quarterly Patreon hangout. Uh, obviously one that fits within our own schedules, but we would love to get as many people in there as possible to hang out with us in Discord voice chat and just shoot the breeze, talk about the show, talk about what we've been doing in Minecraft, all that kind of stuff. I want to say a special thanks to our content engineers as well, Pankua and Yitz1 for supporting this episode we could not do it without you sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show you can find us at the spawn chunks on twitter and instagram but personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast with friends server mates family members all that kind of good stuff i was reminded in my twitch chat the other day that you do indeed have to poke a friend in the arm it is the best way to get someone's attention and tell them to listen to the spawn chunks you can email the show and tell us what you think is coming to 1.15 the combat update according to mystical sausage the spawn chunks at gmail.com is how you can do that subscribe 
subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and now YouTube. The RSS feed is linked on the spunchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That is the only place where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of this very podcast. My name is Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game and build chicken cookers in episode 114 of my series, The Minecraft Survival Guide. <laughs> Did I say 114? I meant 104. Uh, I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream Minecraft three days a week on Twitch as well. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel Riffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com. That includes my illustration and design portfolio. If you follow me on Twitch, then you saw me designing a new YouTube avatar for The Logical Geek Boy. Uh, we were doing that last Friday, I believe, looking to do more art streams in the near future. You can tune into The Citadel Cafe, where we talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. Fun show this week, where we talked about a bunch of upcoming movie trailers with Alistair, who's actually on The Citadel server with me. And Comics Coast to Coast, where I interview comic creators, illustrators, and animators. Everything online is just my name youtube twitch twitter and instagram just follow me there at joel duggan thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite but there's only one kind of dog Ruff.